do we know the most? Shema Yisrael, we know, right? Vahavta the Kriya Shema. What other Pasuk is very familiar? A lot of Pasuk. Which Pasuk? Vahibin Sohaharon, right? That's what the Pasuk we said. Vahibin Sohaharon. Vahyomer Moshe, Kuma Hashem. Vyofutsu Avivecha. Vyanusu Mesanecha Mipanecha. This week's Parsha. Okay? Now, the interesting thing is, you know, in the Torah, when you read the Torah, there is really just the words, then there's some spaces. Sometimes we have dots. We have some spaces uh, in between. Uh, that's it. The only place we have different, like in between, we have a turned over nun. In front of Vahibin Soya, if you take down the Sefer Torah, you take out the Sefer Torah, you'll see. There's two, a nun that is on his head. So there is one nun on its head in the beginning of Ahibin Sayyaharin. And then there's only and then the second Pasik, it's Pasik Bahas in the Khumish, it's in Perikut, Pasik Lamad Hay. And after Pasik Lamad Vav, there's another nun. And they're both turned over. In the you can't read them, there's no words, it doesn't mean anything really. So what are these two nuns in the Sefer Torah? Rashi addresses it. The Gemara has two opinions in the Gemara. One opinion in the Gemara is that those nuns are sort of, uh, what would they call it today in the computer language? They are, uh, they're hangers. Uh, um, I forget the name for them. But it's sort of on those nuns that you can sort of take them out from there and put them elsewhere. Uh, which means that Vahibin Sayyaharin was placed here, but you can take them by the handles, by the two nuns, and you can move them where they belong. They don't belong here. Mm-hmm. What does it mean they don't belong here? I mean, Rashi brings down on Chumash that opinion. That means because this Vahibin Sayyaharin took place all the time. And uh, the Torah writes it over here specifically by the first time when they left. So according to that opinion, which Rashi brings down, he belongs that this is not really the place. What does Vahibin Sayyaharin mean? Because where Rashi brought down earlier, that the way when they would journey, uh, everything would stay in its place until Moshe Rabbeinu would say, Vahibin Sayyaharin, Vayoymer Moshe, that Moshe, when the Oren would journey, then Moshe Rabbeinu would say at that point, what does it mean when the, the Oren would journey? And that was, the cloud was staying on the oil moyed. And that cloud left the oil moyed and it stood over the tribe of Yehuda, which was the front of the line. They walked with Yehuda in the front. So the Anon, the cloud that was over the Mishkan, moved from there and stood over there. That was a sign they were ready to go. At that point, they didn't move yet. There was several things that needed to take place. That just meant Hashem, that Hashem wants them to go now. But they didn't start going yet. The next step was that Moshe Rabbeinu had to say the verse Vahi bin He said, when the Aaron journeyed, Vayomer Moshe, and Moshe says, Kumo Hashem. So rise up, Hashem. And uh, then Moshe Rabbeinu would also blow with the trumpets, which we learned 
in the earlier parsha, also in Baloischa earlier, that Moshe Rabbeinu would blow in the trumpets, or the Kohanim would blow in the trumpets, and that was a sign for the first camp to go, and then the Torah describes how they all, how they all moved. And Rashi over here brings down also that Kuma Hashem also meant, in addition to just going ahead, it also meant don't go too far. And then we say, Kuma Hashem, let your enemies be scattered and let your uh, be uh, running away from before you. What's the difference between and we say Rashi says means those enemies that haven't yet gone out to fight with you, but they're just gathering together to try to plot against the Jewish people. So over there, the Pasuk says, let your enemies be scattered. But Misanecha, Rashi says, those are the ones that are actually chasing the Jews already. Those are Misanecha. So them, it's not enough to be scattered, but they should be running away from before you, from before Hashem. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation, and Rashi says, why did we put it over here? So it doesn't really belong over here. Why did we put it over here? Why did the, the Torah write it over here? And Rashi explains that the story beforehand has something bad about the Jews. The story that follows has something bad about the Jews. The Torah sort of wanted to interrupt, not to say one Puranis next to the other Puranis, not to say all the bad things together. So the Torah stuck it in over here. Eventually the Torah will move it away from there and put it where it belongs, where all the golem and the parshas by Midbar. That's what Rashi teaches over there in the Gemara. And the other opinion says, no, it does belong over here. Uh, the Parsha fits exactly over here. I'm trying to remember, but uh, the reason why we have the two nuns is because this is like a separate section by itself. These two verses are so important that instead of making it the spaces, the four spaces that we have, which is like for a real safer Torah didn't want to do it over here because that would be too much because there's only two psukim. But these two psukim are very, very powerful psukim. So it's very interesting to, to realize that these two psukim of Ahibin Sayyarin and Ubenucha Yoimar, these two psukim are very powerful psukim that the Torah counts this as a chumash by itself. In some counts, the Torah has seven parts. We have Chamisha Chumash Torah. According to some, there's actually seven sections in the chumash. Because up to the section of Bahaloyshka over here, till Shishi, is the section of Bamidbar. Then you have another section, which is the Tupsukim. And following that, then you have the second section of Bamidbar, and then you have the, the other section of Devorim. According to that opinion, it turns out that there's actually seven parts of the Chumash. It's not Chamisha Chumshi Torah, it's Shiva uh, the portion of the Torah. But, anyways, that's, that's about the part.